0: Welcome to Job Tales, the show where we find out about different professions from the people who know. Each week I speak to a new guest with a very interesting job. You'll hear about their personal paths to doing what they do, the skills required, their experience, the tool they use for the job. I'm Laura Leoncini and today my guest is Barasha William, occupational doctor in Bergen, Norway. I find this interview is interesting because it shows alternatives to medical students who like the preventive aspect of medicine, as you're concerned with the maintenance of health in the workplace. Also interesting is to step out of the hospital environment and to be in direct contact with professionals from various industries. So here's Varasha. Hi Varasha, welcome to my podcast. Thank you for having me. It's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. And um, great that a friend of ours, a common friend, put us in touch during the holidays. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> as, you know, as it, as it happens. And I'm very happy because I haven't um, covered your occupation yet. So I'll be happy to hear about your job as an occupational doctor. Can you tell me more about
1: it? So occupational doctor means that I work with occupations, as uh, the title says. It means that I go around to different workplaces and do health assessments and also risk assessments about the workplace Mm -hmm. and also try to improve the work environment. That is like the main, well, the overall, yeah, work. Okay,
0: and uh, what kind of um, occupations do you include right now?
1: So right now I do a lot of oil rigs, seafarers, but I also have hotel employees, factory workers, shopkeepers, people who work with animals. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And do you work
0: for a, a company or like a, a hospital or, or who, who is your employer?
1: And my employer is actually a private company, but we do have collaboration with the hospital department of occupational medicine. So it's, yeah, the company works with them as well.
0: Okay. And um, we were uh, talking about it before. This has been a few years in in your job. What were you doing before?
1: First, I was pursuing a career in surgery, but uh, I just couldn't cope with the long hours, the night shifts. And yes, it was just not for me. So I Mm. just tried to find something out of hospital because I wanted to have a more routine day, kind of routine work. And okay. not in the way that it's like the same every day, but more a fixed time. Yeah. Okay.
0: So not having to do extra hours or, or yeah. your ni- night shift. And so, okay. So that's interesting because it's, um because I know that when you're a doctor, you, you know, that there's a high risk that <laughs> this is what you end up doing, you know, working at, you know, around the clock and then yeah. having a very i balanced uh, work life, basically. And uh, so it's good to know that there are uh, options out there for doctors. And uh, which brings me to the next question. You have studied uh, medicine at university, right?
1: Yes, yes. At the University of Bergen.
0: Of Bergen. Okay. And so you are, you, you did your, you know, uh, basic years of study and then the specialization, is that right?
1: Yes. Well, this is my specialization in occupational medicine. Okay. So I finished medical school in 2019, and then I did my internship, which is one and a half years. And mm-hmm. then I worked for a year just trying to figure out what I wanted to specialize in. And the internship was
0: about general medicine, or was it yeah, a... Yeah,
1: well, it's one year where you rotate at different hospital wards, so you do internal medicine, surgery, psychiatry, and you also do general practitioner work in districts. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Since you were younger, were you did you have this special um attraction to um medicine?
1: No, not me. <laughs> My mom did. But not me. Your mom. Okay. <laughs> My mom is a nurse, so she always liked working with people. And I grew up around hospitals because well she was working there. So I had this and she had this uh, thing that I would also like working with people. But I okay. actually started doing engineering subjects and then I Did cybernetics before I quit that because I couldn't do the coding and then I did a bachelor's degree in molecular biology and I wanted to do marine biology because I love the ocean love
0: Mm.
1: uh, yeah you know the sea creatures and all that okay and then uh, yeah I just uh, figured out I wanted to work with people instead of working in a laboratory I'm, I'm more social so it kind of got switched to medicine
0: Okay. Okay. So there was a, a switch based of um, yeah based on some yeah internal internal decision and also a, a bit of uh, you know your mom and or family pointing you.
1: Yeah, because I realized that if I work in molecular biology, it's a lot of laboratory work, and I wanted to be more connected to people. And in my okay. current job, I meet people every day. Like every people, day, yeah. Every day, so yeah yeah so so far
0: so good then mm-hmm. about your choice <laughs> okay i know it's it's interesting because it you know you you never know sometimes you idolize a job because you think you know i love marine life and and so forth i i interviewed someone in like a a psychologist and then she told me something i never thought of she said that her job is actually a very a solitary one
1: mm. despite
0: the fact that one might think you know you you meet you have so many you know patience and stuff but you actually on your own and you rarely spend time with colleagues so mm. if you're more of a social you know want to have a, a sociable job that might not be the one for you so mm. it's yeah. uh so that's interesting so tell me a bit more about your uh, passage from university years to uh, to where you're now
1: from university yes I did the internship as I mentioned and then I was going towards orthopedic uh, surgery. Then the w- night shift hours were like 18 hours of work. And wow, you know, it's, yeah, it's really tiring. And now as an occupational doctor, I realized, or I learned that only 10% of night shift workers actually manage to work that way long term. So uh, I'm the group of people who are not cut out for night shift work. And I'm happy to acknowledge that. And I'm also happy that there are people who are cut out for it and they are welcome to do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, did you ha- So when you say you have to specialize, uh, is that uh, a few years? Is it a one-year specialization? Um... No,
1: it's actually five years of specialization. I'm in my third year almost in February. Yeah, so it's five years. It's like 11 mandatory courses. We have a group session where we talk to other doctors and uh, share information and guidance so yeah it's mm. yeah so you're you're working and studying at the same time yes we have a study days where we can uh, go like in depth on certain subjects and we can um, visit like hospital wards and learn more about allergies chemical biological hazards different kind of things that we can use in our work i see okay
0: mm. So, five years or so, you still need to finish, and then once you are an actual specialist, then will you will you continue with with your present job or will you look for for other opportunities or will will your present job end at the end of your specialization?
1: No, I think I will continue with my job, but I want to be more specific in the type of industry I work with, kind of like if I want to work with oil or maritime as uh, before, like marine and all that. Mm. I do work with the petroleum workers, offshore workers now, and seafarers, and I find that really interesting. So we'll see. What is interesting? Uh,
0: yeah, tell me more about the, um, the oil rigs and the seafarers. What is, what is it that you need to assess or, or do with them?
1: Well, for example, on oil rigs, the workers are exposed to a lot of different chemicals, gases. Um, there's a lot of diesel Exhaust from the pipes there's oil mud that has like difficult like different chemical compounds that they might be exposed to Mm
0: -hmm. So we have
1: to assess how much they are exposed to this and if it affects their health Um, Mm -hmm. Some people have allergic reactions some people develop lung disease and all these things So we do lung tests regularly when we certify offshore workers and also um Yes, they need to be certified every two years, so it's quite often.
0: Okay, so you do the certification for, yes. for them. Mm.
1: And the same for seafarers, like, you know. And it's also a mental health issue because you're away from home for long stretches of time. Mm. And they work 12-hour shifts, so it's 12 hours day shifts for one week and then 12 hours night shift for the second week. And 12-hour night shifts for a week is pretty hard on the body it's intense
0: yeah yeah for sure so what what are you finding um yeah what's the interesting part about this job right now that you're doing in terms of oil rigs and and then the marine marine field
1: i find that there are a lot of different kind of people who work with the same job so you know you you kind of have an image of oil workers or you know seafarers or whatever but there's so many different personalities and people who work with the same job and have different requirements and different needs to be able to do the same job so I find that really interesting and my job is obviously to help them be able to do their job so mm. in that way I find it rewarding if I can
0: and so what's the turn of, like how long do you spend with the people that you need to you know examine and then certify
1: A certification is not that long. It's normally some lab work and uh, then a certification. It takes like one hour in the office. But when you do like individual health assessments for a group, you usually go on the rig or they come to you for a whole day from 8 a.m. to 4 or 5 p.m.
0: Okay. And during that time, uh, what do you do with them?
1: So they come in, we ask them what they are exposed to of chemicals and Physiological things as well, um, muscle, skeletal pain. If they have any mental health issues, all this. They do a lung capacity test, spirometry is called, and we test yeah. the lung function. We also okay. check electrolyte, blood sugar levels, blood pressure, and uh, sometimes, if it's necessary, we do an ECG because you know stress-related illnesses are quite common in certain jobs.
0: Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of, a big element of uh, psychology in your job that you need to study. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what what kind of, is it different from like the standard, you know, general medicine approach? Like you you have, do you have like a a pretty set amount of hours of studying uh, or subjects that you need to study in terms of psychological, uh, for the psychological approach? Because I guess you're, 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 you know, halfway, you know, half doctor. General doctor, uh, specializing with psychological uh, and psychological approach, where you need to be, of course, uh, quite hands on, right?
1: So we do a lot of work with like what we call psychosocial work environment, which is the individual, but also the group in the work environment. So we need to learn. We have actually courses on that where we learn to assess these situations. Other than that, this all the knowledge from medical school that we have to use in different settings. Yeah, I think the approach is obviously in occupational medicine is always preventative. So we try to prevent things from happening before they happen. That's the main difference from hospital. Because in hospitals, you have to treat something that's already happened. Already there, yeah, I see. So we need Mm -hmm. to kind of assess and risk assess before it happens and prevent the workers from getting sick. Which is a different approach, I would say. Okay. And if they get sick,
0: are you the one examining them then?
1: Or is it going to be different? Yeah, it depends on the disease. The platform chief has to let us know and then we refer them to whichever department they need to go to. An emergency would obviously be like to the emergency ward. But yeah, anything else we can do an assessment and they can come to us. Yeah.
0: Does it mean that you need to travel a lot, like do you go to them or, or do they come to an office when you, when you examine them or interview them?
1: Both, actually. I have been on oil rigs and, I, and they have come to me. So it's uh, both, it's whichever both. is practical for
0: the people. Okay, okay. And then there's a recurring time for uh, examinations? Like you said, there was a certification every, every few months.
1: Yeah, every second year is a certification. So we try to do the individual assessment every second year as well with the certification. Yeah, but that's two different things, right? So the individual assessment is their individual health and then the certification is their specific requirements to be certified. So, yeah. Okay.
0: So are there any specific skills that you would say are required for your job? I mean, I'm talking about soft as well as hard skills.
1: Yeah, I think soft skills is, you know, uh, problem solving is really important because mm. we have to assist the employ employers with problem solving in different cases. And creativity, adaptability, because there's so many different industries that we work with that Yeah, you have to be able to see uh, solutions Mm. for all these different industries. And obviously, as a doctor, communication skills are key to having a successful relationship with your patients and, uh, you know, the trust and all that, which uh, helps giving uh, them the best treatment possible.
0: Yeah, I see. Now going back to the variety of your, you know, of the fields that you need to treat, then you need to yeah address. To it. When you're just speaking about healthcare workers or also hotels, service and hotels, like have you have you had that experience yet, or is it, has it been yes. mainly?
1: No, yeah. yes, I have. Uh, healthcare workers, I work with a lot of night shift workers. Ironically, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because um, I do a lot of information meetings for night shift workers because they have a lot of risks that they might not be aware of. Um, Night shift workers have a higher risk of breast cancer, uh, prostate cancer, obesity, diabetes, and other things. Mm. Yes, And obviously pregnant people shouldn't be working night shifts Mm. uh, because it uh, disrupts the rhythm and might disrupt the foster, the baby, um, Mm. uh, baby's development. So uh, yes, I I try to inform night shift workers about these things so that they can take care of themselves and also the employers can... uh, you know, know about these things as well. In regards to hotels, that's also, you know, shift work and 24-hour service and these kind of things. So it's similar. Is there
0: any lesson you've learned so far, you know, about your job going forward?
1: Well, I think uh, the, the main lesson I've learned is that I thought the people in the highest position would know the most about the job about mm. about the workplace, but I realize now that you have to have a combination of both employers and employees, and also your own observation to validate the information that you get from both groups, to have an overall accurate picture of the workplace. Mm. Because the employ employers they see you know the bigger picture and the process, the logistics of an operation, and the workers they see their daily chores and their daily challenges at the workplace so yeah i always thought uh, that it was best to go to you know the boss but it's not always the bus. yeah <laughs>
0: yeah so do you, would you say that there are open you know options for young people that want to enter this line of work like is there a lot of competition or is there you know enough space for everyone
1: there is not a lot of competition because it's a very unknown field i would say when I started this job, a lot of my previous colleagues they thought I was going into this boring office job. That's what they thought it was, and I was just checking. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I was just checking like healthy workers. That's like, what's the point of that, right? Because um, <laughs> it's just a health assessment. It's not. It's nothing wrong with them. We're just preventing things to happen in the future. Right. But I see now that because of like the work overload for young doctors and doctors in general uh, at hospitals more and more people are looking for a more balanced, you know, work-life schedule. And I think jobs like this would be more attractive in the future. And of course, there is a need for occupational doctors and occupational health workers in general. So, yeah. Are there are there not enough today, in occupational doctors? No, I don't really think there is, because there's so many. If you think about how many people are working in a country, right? Mm. You have... Uh, enough people to assess all of them and assess the workplace and make sure the work environment is healthy and good I I don't think there's enough but yeah yeah. so but they do uh, they do teach about the uh, occupational medicine in medical school in Bergen for most of the semesters like small parts so I I have hope that there will be more (laughs) (laughs) could you do a bit of a shortcut on the
0: occupational medicine do you have to go through the whole and you know the entire curriculum for medicine like general medicine in order to then be specialized or can you go straight into the occupational medicine
1: you have to do medical school and the internship before you can do Mm. a specialization anyway but then again my my colleagues, my team is not only doctors; it's nurses, physical therapists, health and safety advisors. Like there's so many different ways mm. of working with occupational health.
0: I see. Okay, yeah, you don't have to be necessarily just you know a doctor. Yeah. No, like no, no, physical so yeah. yeah. Okay. You were talking about you wanted to have more balance and then having less uh, hours of work. Is there any compromise you think there you still need to be prepared to make for your job?
1: Well, it depends on like how much you engage in your job. For me, because I have a passion for working with these night shift workers because of my own experiences and my mom working a lot of night shift when I was younger, I do sacrifice like some evenings to go and have these information meetings in the night. I mean not in the night, but late evening because that's when the night shift workers go to work. So that's one thing and another kind of um I wouldn't say sacrifice, but it's like a compromise is, you know, you have to kind of be the bad guy sometimes for an individual uh, because you're thinking about a group. And I mean, sometimes I cannot certify offshore worker or seafarer because of their health. And I have to think of the risks for their colleagues. Mm. You know, if something should happen and they are maybe overweight or they have health issues that could risk the situation on board then i have to kind of stop them from going out because it could cause cause a risky situation for their colleagues
0: Yeah, no, i see mm-hmm.
1: so it's not always fun but that's that's part <laughs> of the problem. yeah i mean it's it's really difficult to tell someone that i'm sorry but you can't continue yeah. this work right now until your uh condition is assessed
0: yeah Mm. yeah sure is there something that uh, you are proud of today from your job
1: from my job well I'm happy to see that uh, people make changes you know when you when you suggest uh, preventive measures and they actually do it and it makes it better for the workers I've seen that in a couple of companies I worked with in 2022 and then when you go back to them in 2023 I saw like they've actually got better working shoes and they got preventive, you know, the protective gear. And yeah, so it kind of makes me maybe not proud because it's not my thing, but I did suggest it. And so it makes me happy that they, you know, mm-hmm. follow through with the suggestions.
0: And on the flip side of the coin, is there something that you don't find <laughs> or you don't <laughs> find happiness or that you find more difficult?
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing about, you know, not sometimes you're not able to help everyone stay in their jobs. And that's always uh, a bit sad. Mm. Some people end up working in jobs that they are literally allergic to, you know. Yeah. A baker who is allergic to flour. Imagine. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And then you have to kind of, uh, they have to do reschooling and find a new career. And yeah, so that's, uh, that's difficult to... To, to, say, to tell them that, but uh, we try to help them as, uh, as well as we can.
0: And are there any other industries um, that you're looking at to, to cover in your, in your profession? You know, you talked about oil and gas factories and uh, night shift workers in the healthcare system. Is there yeah. any, anything else that you would like to explore in the future?
1: My cousin is a teacher. And she tells me a lot of stories. (laughs) So uh, I would really like to talk to teachers because I think that they are going through some really tough times right now. And Mm. might need to, you know, the stress that they're experiencing might need some tools to manage those uh, emotions and the stress that, uh, you know, teaching right now.
0: Yeah. Mm. I see. Well, I, then I hope that you will do that uh, yeah, yeah. in the near future. And, and yeah, thank you. And I wish you all the best for the rest of your specialization. It's very mm. interesting indeed. And I hope that it has sparked some interest in some of our listeners yeah. for future jobs and opportunities. And mm. uh, take good care. And hopefully, I'll meet you soon. Yes, thank you so much. That was Varasha William, Occupational Director in Bergen. I invite you to write me a comment or a rating on your favorite podcast player. Otherwise, see you next week for a new episode of Job Tales.